Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Emily Rawlings. She is a wisdom teacher and guide, course creator, and an author. How are you doing today, Emily? I'm great. I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for making and taking the time to be here with me today and share a little bit about your story and your journey. I'm very excited to dive in and learn a bit more about who you are and what you do. And I'm grateful for you and I appreciate you taking the time and being here. Yeah, thanks. I'm very happy to to be connecting with you and and all your listeners. Thank you. So, Emily, as mentioned, you are a wisdom teacher, a guide, a course creator, an author. How long have you been a wisdom teacher and a guide? Well, it all started in 2016 when I had, we could, I'm sure we'll be talking more about this later yeah. too, but when I had worked myself into complete exhaustion and I found myself not able to get out of bed for about six months. And that following year, 2017, I really found myself in a space where I couldn't do anything. I mean, I I almost couldn't even really think or I couldn't really speak. Everything just shut down. And so in 2017, I accidentally found these fundamental truths that were revealed to me in that space. And it so transformed me that I started to share it with my friends, my family, my loved ones. And then in 2018, I started to lead people into that space. And so it really started then. So it's, so it's been, you know, it's been about four years that I've been passionate about sharing this message. (laughs) (laughs) Can you explain what you do for your clients as a wisdom teacher and guide? Yeah, basically what it is that I do is I, that's why I call myself a guide is because I feel like I am so familiar with this space now, the space that I found of connecting to present moment and connecting to my intuition and connecting to my truth. And I'm so familiar with it and I'm so passionate about it and I just have this tremendous belief level about it that I can stand in that space and speak to other people about it and guide them until they start to experience it for themselves. So I see myself, and that's why I say I'm a guide, because I see myself as a little bit of a, I bridge the gap between what people are wanting and then what they're experiencing. So it's like, I can stand in that gap and say, this is true. If you do these things, if if you step into this space with a, it's a basically a leap of faith, a step of faith. I can be in that space and hold that space for you until you start to see the things for yourself. 
yeah. you start to believe it for yourself. So I, I see myself as bridging a gap. Now, what type of person or client is your ideal client? Like what things do you look for in a potential client before you start working with them? Yeah, that's a great question. So what I look for is it's predominantly someone that is experiencing what I experienced before my collapse in 2016, which is feelings of daily overwhelm, feeling just exhausted, feeling like they need a break, feeling like something's got to give, you know, I'm just not making ends meet. I, I just really need to take a breath. And, and I actually call it low grade daily suffering. Okay. So it's this idea that there's just this kind of this constant level of stress that's causing discomfort and suffering. And so that's the first thing that I look for. And then the next thing that really makes it a good match is someone that's, that's in a space and they're saying, I'm ready to make a change. And I believe that big piece of that is when someone realizes that they're ready to stop making excuses or blaming other people are blaming circumstances or things like that. And they're willing to say, okay, I'm willing to explore the idea that things could be different, that yeah. I could make choices, make changes that could make something different. So I find that, and it's a very fine line because it's moving into that space and not necessarily even being in a space of empowerment, realizing, oh my gosh, I have the choices here. I can make the choices to change. But it's just being open to the idea that there is something that they could do that could change things for them for the better. So it's just being open to the possibility that things could change. Yeah, they have to be open to it and they have to be ready and willing to put in the work too. Exactly. I say that the change begins when excuses end. If I say that to someone and they're like, yeah, but I'm like, well, okay, so maybe, you know, maybe yeah. I'm planting seeds. And then when they're ready, they're ready. And yeah. to share a little bit more about that is I, yeah. I truly believe that everything that happens for us and to us is in perfect timing. And so if, if I meet someone and I'm like, well, maybe I'm just planting seeds and it's totally fine. Like they can do all the free stuff with me. You know, they can do all that. And then they, they're ready and willing to take it to the next level. Then we take it to the next level, but it's perfect timing for each person. Yeah, absolutely. You had mentioned very small bit about your personal struggles, what you went through. And I'm assuming that that was the catalyst for you getting into doing this work and springboarding into this world. Can you speak a little bit about your journey and your struggles that you went through? Sure. Yeah. So the basics, like I said, is that in 2016, I found myself in this space that I'd never been in. I couldn't get out of bed. I was very much like a motivated person. I had goals. I'm now what I call a a recovering perfectionist. And so I had these ideas and these ideals and, and it worked until it didn't work. Yeah. And so I had actually was getting more and more tired and, and was like apathetic. Like I just couldn't reach my goals. I was in a direct selling company. So it was very much like selling and, and measuring things and all this, all these things. And um, I thought, well, maybe I just don't have clear enough goal. So I worked on clarifying my goals. And then I was like, well, maybe these goals just don't excite me anymore. So maybe I need to work on that. And so I did that for a while. And that had worked for me in the past. And it just wasn't working. I just couldn't work it up in myself to do the things I needed to do. And then it just continued, it progressed to where I just really didn't even want to get out of bed. And then it was more like I couldn't get out of bed. 
And then I would force myself to get out of bed and then I would be out of bed for a couple of hours. And then I was just exhausted again. So I started to realize, okay, there's something going on here besides my lack of motivation. So I basically started to realize that wasn't just me and kind of stopped blaming myself a little bit and was like, okay, what's going on here? And so I started to explore. I got psychological testing done. I got testing done with a doctor. I mean, I I was doing everything I could to find answers for what was happening to me. And so there was a mental aspect to this and then a physical aspect to this. Basically, I I literally just, my body shut down because I was in such a high state of stress all the time. It just couldn't keep up with it. So that's the the basic nutshell of the whole thing. And then what ended up happening was I found myself sitting a lot. And what I realized is that my soul had been yearning for that. It had been wanting that for years and years and years and had been calling me into that space, but I hadn't been listening. And so I felt I was terrified in a way because I couldn't control my body. Like I just couldn't make myself have enough energy. So that piece of it was scary. But then there was this other piece where it was like relief. I thought this is what I'd been longing for. And it was like I was being given permission that I wouldn't, I didn't give myself, but, but the universe was giving me permission to be in this space and felt like a miracle. It felt like miraculous. So it, it was this really interesting space. And so I say that in that space, I accidentally found present moment. I found this way and I'd never been present Maybe like a few times in my life, like I, yeah. I could look back and be like, oh yeah, I was really present in that experience. Like maybe right. it was this really joyful experience or something. I could like point back, but it was very fleeting and I didn't know how to get, but I knew it was magical and I, and I remembered that it felt good. But then I found myself in this space all the time and I started to play with it and be like a child. And I felt like I was learning everything for the first time because I had this new paradigm that I had never experienced before. And so everything came from that space of connecting to present moment. And in that space, I learned, I started to just naturally do this deep breathing. And now I understand why as I look back and as I've studied more about it and I immersed myself into all of this, I'm like, oh, okay, that's why I did that. But I was just organically following and doing it and connecting to my intuition, which I never had. I'd always like blocked my intuition. I'd always been like, no. Like uh, whether it was about something like allowing myself to feel my emotions because yeah. I was like, no, I'm too emotional. I'm too emotional. Or I'd be like, no, like intuitively eating like, no, I, I, that's a bad food. I can't eat that. And, and so I would just always, always blocking my intuition. So in this space, I thought, well, what would happen if I just felt everything? And I just breathe. And if I was sad, I just let myself be sad. If I wanted to cry, I just let myself cry. If I wanted to be happy, I just let myself be happy because I had always said, you're too emotional to myself and just all these different things. And I, the other piece that I did share was that my body had actually shut down too. So my hips were seized up. I had been going to a physical therapist for months and months and she couldn't figure out what was going on and my back hurt. And I had been a dancer and a fitness instructor and all these things for my whole life. So everything just got thrown out the window. And so I started to like move in these general ways, like really listening to my body and like stretching and all these things. And so this is the space in which I found myself and I started to cultivate this 
connection to mm-hmm. present moment and to myself and to my intuition. And that's where I created something called the be the moment process, which is essentially all the steps, all the layers that I went through. And then that's where my foundation book came from, all about just creating this foundation of this connection to present moment. So that's where it all flows from for me is being connected to present moment. Even the universe stepped in and told you, you got to stop, you got to slow down and you got to start looking after Emily and that's it. We're not taking no for an answer this time, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. How have these experiences helped shape the Emily you are today, both personally and professionally in the work you now do with your clients, do you think? The main thing I can point to is that I've moved into a space of being very gentle with myself. And that's actually my mantra. My mantra is to be gentle, be gentle to myself, be gentle to others. And so just if I am feeling, like I said before, if I'm feeling sad, that generally is sort of my response to things. So some people get like angry or irritated or different things, you know, they have their responses. Mine is just, I get sad. I get hurt feelings. Like I I cry. So that's the way I process things. It seems like. And so I just, I allow that. I allow myself to be in that space and feel those feelings. And I have a tendency to want to try and fix things still and fix myself. But when I find myself moving into that space of trying to fix something or fix myself, I'm like, okay, you know, it's fine. It's all going to work itself out. I'm learning. I'm doing the best that I can. I'm clarifying. I'm figuring out the things that I don't want and the things that I do want. And so that's really the main place that I come from is I take a deep breath and I take a step back and I just say, you know, I'm going to be gentle with myself. And that's my go-to place. (laughs) That's where I go. And my breathing. I definitely do all that with deep breaths. I think it's important that we realize and know that it's okay to feel the feels. Just don't live there. That's all. Go through the emotions, but don't stay stuck in it. That's the key. Yeah. Yeah. And I, the way I describe it is I now know what it feels like to have the emotion flow through me and feel it and know that before I used to be afraid to feel the emotion. I mean, I really felt like sometimes I was going to start crying and not be able to stop crying. I mean, it didn't make sense intellectually, but that's how I felt. And I had this fear. And so now I say I am safe. Like whatever emotion I'm feeling, I know that I am safe and I know that it will flow through me. And now I can feel when it actually leaves my body. And I feel when it's processed through and it's left and it's gone. And I know that that is the natural process. That's what our body's meant to do. But when we're in a state of fight or flight, when we're in a state of fear, when we're in a state of stress or worry, we're actually really contracted and we're really fearful. And what's so interesting is that actually keeps that fear and those, those unprocessed emotions inside of us. And that's actually what causes what I call the low grade daily suffering. That's what causes those feelings. And that actually ends up causing disease Yes, and the breakdown of our bodies. And that's what I experienced. I mean, fully like experienced. And so I know that once I can feel that emotion process through and I feel it leave, then I'm like, okay, you know, now I'm ready. And sometimes it takes a long time. Yep. And 
sometimes it doesn't take very long at all, but I know that that is what will eventually happen. And so I trust the process now. There you go. Trust and allow and release. Yes. Yes, exactly. Allow. Yeah. 100%. So as mentioned, you're a course creator. You've created your signature course called the foundation experience. Can you tell us a bit about the course and what a potential client can expect to gain from this, from taking this course? Yes. So the foundation experience is based on my book called Foundation. And that is about my story. So I share a lot about my story and I share about my process. And the whole purpose of the book and my intention for the book was to lead people, to lead the reader, lead the listener to the space where they could experience these things for themselves. Because I truly believe that each one of us is perfect and unique and different. So I can't say, okay, this process worked for me. Here's all the steps. Boom, 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 boom. But I could be like, this is the space where you can meet your true self, where you can connect to your intuition and you can cultivate this for yourself. So that's really what the book is about. And the reason why I'm talking about the book is because the foundation experience was what I developed, what came out of the book. And the foundation experience is based on the book. So there's actually, it's actually integrated into it. So basically it's the audio version of the book. So we, we listen to the chapters. There are guided meditations. There are times for journaling. And then within the foundation experience, we also have weekly meetups. So I share about my story. I give a background. I also add to it additional layers. And the reason why I decided to call it an experience rather than a course or anything like that is because I truly believe that it is about experiencing it for ourselves in present moment. And so that's why I call it that. And the basic tenet of the foundation experience is to be gentle with ourselves. And so it's interesting as I work through it with people and as I walk through it, walk through it together, is that I find a lot of people saying, well, I didn't have time or I I didn't do the meditation this week, or I didn't have time to do this. And I didn't have time to do that. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. (laughs) It's the whole point of the foundation experience is to give someone permission to explore that space for themselves. And each week, there's also a breathing practice. So you maybe you love the breathing practice the particular week, and you want to do it five times a day. Or maybe you don't really like it and you don't really want to do it. Or maybe you love this meditation and you from last week and you want to continue doing that meditation this week. And so it's so interesting because what I found is it's a lot of me saying to people, it's okay. Whatever you do is perfect and it's here for you, whatever you want to do it. And I've had people say to me, oh my gosh, they don't realize how demanding they are of themselves and how hard they are on themselves. And it can be super subtle. And so that's actually a a really interesting piece that I found that I'm just constantly saying, it's okay. Yeah. Remember, take a deep breath. It's all unfolding perfectly for you. It's all perfect. It's here for you. Exactly. And so it's been really magical to walk through people in that space. And I've had some people say, oh my gosh, this is the perfect timing for this for me. And and that's what I truly believe that people are drawn to it when they're ready and they'll move through it in the pace that they need to or that they want to. And they'll get out of it what they need to get out of it. 
the whole point is leading them to the space and giving people permission to be curious, to ask what if, to wonder what life would be like if they truly fell in love with themselves and if they were able to be connected to present moments more often than not being connected to present moment. Like, what would that look like? What would that feel like? And then just really layering in that messaging of whatever you're doing is perfect right now. And so that's foundation experience in a nutshell, and the book. I would say. <laughs> and the book. And the book. Yeah, it, it all works together. It all yeah. works together. That's awesome. Yeah. What lights you up or inspires you the most about the work that you do? Connection. For me, it's connection. It's like being here, talking with you, being in present moment, co-creating with other people, having conversations. And that's why the foundation experience is really important to me to have this live component to it where I'm connecting because it's talking with someone, connecting with them energetically in the moment, creating, co-creating and having someone say, oh my gosh, I never really thought about that. Or them saying something to me. And I mean, I'm learning stuff too. As, as someone says, well, what about this? What about that? And so I'm learning. And that all for me comes back to the connecting and present moment. And I believe that there's four types of connection. Connection to our source, connection to our true selves, connection to present moment and connection to others. And all of those connections can only happen now in present moment. Right. And so for me, it's always about connection. That's what lights me up the most. Beautiful. What drives, motivates, and inspires you to keep going and keep pushing and excelling at all that you do? I would say it feels like this is why I'm here, is to give people hope that how they're feeling, if they are feeling trapped, how I was feeling, you know, I was feeling trapped, I was feeling overwhelmed, I was feeling feeling like I didn't have enough time to get everything done. I was feeling like I just needed a vacation. And so giving people hope that that doesn't need to be the way that it is, that there is another way. And I actually call it the old way and the new way. And the old way for me is the space of feeling trapped and like there isn't an answer and that there's this gap. I can't quite get from where I am to where I want to be and feeling like there's not a bridge and I don't know how to get there. And so giving people the hope that there is a way, that there is a bridge, that there, there is something that they can do that is actually beautiful and easy and natural, that it's the way that we're meant to be. It's just that we, for some reason, didn't know it. Yeah. We, we, didn't, we forgot it or people didn't emulate it for us or we didn't just allow ourselves to even hope that there is this possibility. And so that's what I long to do is just to help people, first of all, feel seen, mm -hmm. feel like you are seen, I see you, I get it. I, as much as I can in my, from my own experience, I get that frustration and that overwhelmment and that suffering, I yeah. get it. And then just sharing that there's a new way, there's a way that they can approach things that can alleviate that and then allow them to thrive and be the person that they know inside that they can be, that they're longing to be, that there's a way to that space. And yeah. I can't stop talking about it. <laughs> that's okay. About it. That's okay. That's, that's how we get our message out there is to keep talking about it and keep telling exactly. people what you're doing and sharing the knowledge. That's, that's how we all learn. And that's how we grow. Exactly. Emily, what do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? I would say it's this 
incredible belief that I have that this is a fundamental truth of the universe. I was exploring it at first and I was longing and hoping that, that this was true, that, that I could feel better, that there was something to what I was experiencing. And it's been six years now and it just continues to unfold. And I had an opportunity to meet my true self and have this incredible conversation. I was able to be in a space where I connected to my worthiness and accepted it fully and was healed in, in all these amazing ways. And so I know to the core of my being now. And so I have this unwavering belief about it. Yeah. And I not only believe it for myself, but I know that it's true for everyone. And so I'm able to just be in that space and hold, like I said earlier, hold that space for others in an unwavering way to the point where they're like, well, she really seems to believe what she's saying. Maybe there's something to it. Maybe I'll, and I just ask people just to, to say, well, what if, like, yeah. what if it could, what if it could be true? and just stand in that space and like yeah. shine it back on them. So beautiful. How do you define the word success? What does that word mean to you, Emily? Success. Well, success is very different now than it was back before my breakdown, which for me was, it was very external. You could measure it you know, you could quantify it. So, okay, I'm top in sales. So I sold this much. So there's, and like, what did things look like from the outside? And it, it wasn't like I was a very superficial person. I wouldn't have said I was interested in other things as well, personal growth and, and relationships and all that type of thing. But now looking back, I realized I was really quite focused on external types of measuring success and I was actually measuring my worth, my self-worth on those things. Like what, exactly. And it was even like, like, what kind of wife am I? What kind of mother am I? What kind of friend am I? What does it look like? What are my certifications that I've acquired? What's my education? I was measuring it all these different ways. And that all got stripped away. And I know now that that was, like you had said earlier, that was a present. That was a gift that the universe gave me. And I see that now that all got stripped away, just literally stripped out of my hands, all of it, like even to like my idea of that I was a dancer, that I was athletic, like all these different ideas I had of myself, all my labels got taken away. So for me now, success is, (laughs) I measure success by Am I present? How do I feel in this moment? Am I being kind to myself? And and so it's a moment by moment thing. That's how I would describe success now is am I able to allow and be gentle and kind to myself? And then from there, it flows out then yeah. to being gentle and kind to others. Right. What is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received? I would say the thing that popped into my head when you asked me that was there's nothing serious going on here because I would make mountains out of molehills and I would get like really worried and stressed about things. So what if everything is just unfolding in the perfect way and there's nothing bad happening, that everything is happening for a reason. And then if I look back in five years, 10 years, I'll be like, oh, that's why that happened. And so it's just 
relaxing and allowing. And so one of my teachers that I follow is Abraham Hicks. And one of the things that they say is there's nothing serious going on here. So I, I like that a lot. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after learning it? My intrinsic worthiness. So I was able to have this experience where I realized, and it happened in, in one sitting, I realized that all the things that I had done to prove that I was worthy to myself and to others. And within that space, I basically saw everything unfold in my life and all the choices I'd made. And like, oh my gosh, I did all of that because I didn't believe that I was enough as I was, what would happen if I believe that I'm enough? And then I do the thing out of that space of being enough and being worthy and not needing to do anything extra that like everything now is just icing on the cake. It's just gravy. It's just because I want to do it, not because I have to, to prove something to myself or to other people. And so that time before I connected to my worthiness and the time after I mean, it's night and day. The huge shift. Huge. Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? My husband, Arthur. So we met when we were 13 and we wow. started dating when we were 16. And this year we'll be celebrating our 30th wedding anniversary. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. And I would say he has had the biggest impact on me because he's unapologetic and he is honest. And I mean, we, we grew up together. And so there's a lot of change that happens <laughs> between your 13 yeah. oh, and yeah. me, me now, like 50 years old and mm -hmm. raising kids and all the things. And he was always able to allow me to be in the space that I was in, no matter what it was, no matter if he didn't understand it, no matter if it didn't make sense to him, because a lot of times it didn't. Yeah. I mean, even still, it's sort of like, I don't really understand what you're doing right now or the things that you're saying. It's like, kind of, he's like sometimes he's, he's like, you're kind of weird. Like what you're saying is kind of weird. I don't really understand it. But I always had this sense that there was this underlying acceptance and love. And so I felt this confidence that I was going to be able to do and be whatever I needed to do and be. And so that is a huge gift yeah. that somebody can give someone else. And so Absolutely. I've been doing my best to practice that as well. I'm like, I mean, think about it. Like, what do we really want from someone else is to just to be accepted fully for who we yeah. are as best as that person can, obviously, because mm -hmm. nobody's perfect. And then to allow me to make mistakes and figure things out and to grow and change and all the things and just to allow that. And so I've been thankful for that. And it's not always like that. I mean, it's not always, but that's what he's tried to do. And, and I realized I want to do the same. I want to be in a space of allowing someone the freedom to be who they are, to grow how they want to grow or how they need to grow and make the mistakes. We're all going to make mistakes. So, yeah. but how affected are we going to be by someone else's mistakes? And that's, so yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> what does the word empowerment mean to you? Oh, <laughs> that's one of my words. Um, there we go. Yep. So that to me is the entry point for everything that we're talking about is, so for me, empowerment is taking our power back. So what I believe is that when we make excuses or blame other circumstances or other people, we're actually giving our power away to those things. When we recognize that it's really up to us 
to own our things. That is us taking our power back. And empowerment is, to me, that space of saying, I'm not giving my power away anymore to circumstances to other people, I am taking it back. And it's about that choice. It's making a very deliberate choice to take control. Beautiful. Well said. Emily, what is your personal motto? Well, we talked about it. Be gentle with yourself. That's it for me. That's a tough one for people to learn though. It takes practice and time and all of that. Yes, exactly. And actually, one of the things that I uncovered as I was coming out of my breakdown was that I actually had OCD of persistent negative thoughts. And those negative thoughts were all about me. I was so, so hard on myself. Oh my gosh. It was to the point where I needed actually to get counseling and I needed medication. Like it was really, it was so destructive. And that was one of the reasons I worked myself into that place that I was in. So I totally agree with you that it can be, and it was for me, very difficult to break those cycles of those negative thoughts and that being so critical and hard on myself. And it took me time. I also know that it's possible to move into a space. And that's actually something that we explore in the in foundation book and the foundation experience is exploring that space of thought and teasing out those things and becoming more of an observer and framing things in a different way. And so I would literally take almost every thought that I could recognize because we have 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day, so we can't take them all. But <laughs> no, that would be would, one hell of a task. No, <laughs> that would be... I would say that that would be impossible. Yeah. I don't say many things are impossible, but that actually probably is impossible. But having an awareness of the emotion and then connecting it to whatever thought that was, because I know now when I feel a certain way that I'm not being gentle with myself. I know what it feels like if I'm not being kind to myself. And and I would backtrack to see if I could find the thought that I was thinking and then explore that and see if I could reframe the thought. And it's actually been proven that we can rewire our brains and it takes some time. And it is, it's a conscious, deliberate choice that we make to explore that space and tease out those negative thoughts until we can be in a, in a space of being kinder to ourselves. And one of the things that I say is I know that I'm always doing my best. And that is based on what is my capacity at this moment in time? Like, what am I capable of? Like emotionally, mentally, physically, like I'm, I'm doing my best. And sometimes it's going to be a learning experience. And actually one thing I want to share that's really helped me and something that I teach as far as being gentle to ourselves is if we can look at ourselves and our life as an experiment and that we're just trying different things and saying, well, what would happen if I did this? Okay. Well, that didn't really work out great. Okay. I'm going to gather data for that. And remember that when I did that way, it didn't really work out. I didn't really love that outcome when I said the thing that way or did it that way. And so what I found is when I look at myself and my life and others, as this is just all a grand experiment and I'm just gathering data along the way, well, what if I did this? What if I did that? That has helped me to be kinder to myself and just look at it like, 
I'm just gathering data. And then next time I'll try it another way rather than like beating myself up. That's an interesting way to look at it. And it will help you be more gentle with yourself for sure. It definitely has. I love that. I love that. That'd be a hard thing. Again, it takes work and practice but you got to be mm-hmm. willing to put it in to, to make those changes. Yes. Okay. We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions, just be one, two, three, four word answer type thing. Okay. Sure. What was your dream job as a child? Astronaut. That's a big one. How would you describe yourself in one word? Friendly. If you're writing your autobiography, what would the title be? This amazing life. If you came with a warning label, what would yours say? Oh, I cry a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Beware, I cry. (laughs) Okay. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Self-love. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? What I want? Does that mean, so that means I don't have it. I want to be like famous, like a world famous speaker or something. Yeah. If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? Oh, I know how, I know what it is, but I'm trying to figure out how to say it. Separation. Separation. We we feel like somebody is other other than us. Yeah. Yeah. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. Okay. What is an unexpected blessing or occurrence in your life that you're grateful for? <sighs> for me right now, I would say I wouldn't have thought that having that breakdown was a good thing, but now it's changed everything. And I, I see that it had to happen and that it needed to happen. And it was meant to be that way. Uh, it happened for you. It happened for me. Yep. Yeah. It was benefit. It was a gift. Well, it's, but yeah, it's part of your journey. It's part of what's helped shape who you are today. Help shape the Emily you are today. It, yeah, it was, it was what did it. It's, yeah. it's everything. Yeah. Yeah. If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one hour conversation with one woman in the world, any woman, who would it be and why? Well, the first person I thought of was Esther Hicks. Why? I have been following her teachings for, gosh, I would say five years. And the reason I want to sit down with her just to be in her space is because I feel like I've only had the opportunity to you know, watch her in videos and hear her on audio. I've never been live in her space. And so for me, because everything is about connection and present moment, being in her energy and experiencing that physically and energetically and everything in that space would be, I would, it would be pretty exhilarating. I would yeah. really enjoy that. And I also would love to ask some questions. Okay. <laughs> I'd like to get some answers. Yeah. Emily, if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? That everything is going to be okay. Lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, your your corner of the world, your people, your tribe, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What, what would you say? What words of wisdom would you impart? Mm, that's a good one. I would say that the most important thing is to be present, to breathe, to be kind to ourselves and others. And that when you're in that space, only good can come from it. It's only beneficial for ourselves and others to be to be in that space. And that as we are kind and gentle to ourselves, we will be kind and gentle to others. And to me, 
that is the key to this life. And that's the answer to everything. Beautiful. Emily, could you please share with the audience where they can find you if they want to work with you or learn more about you? Yes, the best way is to go to my website, which is emilyrawlings.com. And that's Emily with an IE. So I always like to tell people my name is Emily with an IE, rawlings.com. And that's the best way to connect with me and to find out what is currently going on. All of that information, your website, your social media will all be listed in the show notes. So Emily, thank you so much for making and taking the time to be here today. You are a truly beautiful and inspirational human being. I appreciate you being here today. And I am so honored and proud and happy to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. Emily, thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It's been wonderful to connect with you. Thanks, Brad. My pleasure. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Emily Rawlings. She is a wisdom teacher, a guide, course creator, and an author. Thank you so much, Emily. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thanks, you too. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca and follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.